I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fills exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. Are you feeling stuck right now, like you cannot move forward? Well, today we're going to interview a woman who's going to help you get unstuck, and she's going to teach us how to live life on fire. We're going to introduce her in just a minute, but first I want to introduce our Pop Talk co-host. On my far right is Michelle Burden, filling in for Rosemary Legrand once again. Rosemary's going to be back in November. And then to my immediate right is Miata Nami, our Pop Talk co-host. Welcome, ladies. You look great as usual. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Well, our guest today is Linda Fields. Linda is an American business leader. She's a speaker and author who teaches a unique approach to personal leadership and pre professional success. At one time, she spearheaded a successful corporate training center that affected over 150,000 participants. That quickly launched Linda into her God-given mission to affect many with life-changing truth and business solutions. Uh, Linda survived a life threatening fire as a teenager, uh, which we're going to talk about that near-death experience in, in today's pop talk. It set her on a course to help others overcome their own trials and to live life on fire with passion and purpose. I think I love that. And that's the way I like to live my life as well. Linda founded Seven Impact, a marketplace, uh, it's a marketplace organization to deliver training, coaching, and events based on the teachings of Jesus to help clients grow businesses, develop their vision and leadership, and to serve their clients well. She also hosts a weekly podcast on charisma. It's called On Fire with Linda Fields. <laughs> Her books and writings include Prayer, Plan Your Life, um, Find Your Way or Find Your Why Forward, Impact Your Sphere of Influence. So we're just so glad to have you on Pop Talk, Linda. And I love the fact that you live life on fire. You have such a powerful resume. And, and I know that people are, are listening to the show right now and they're wondering, they're probably stuck on the fact that you survived, survived a fire. And so could you tell us? more about that. Well, yes, let's just jump right in, Lisa. You know, we can find our lives altered in a matter of minutes when something catastrophic happens. There I was in the ninth grade at a brand new school, had my mini skirt out, laid on the bed, ready to get dressed. And I was wearing nylon stockings because I really wanted to look good <laughs> and meet a lot of new people. And as I was getting ready in the bathroom, we had a large open bathroom. What uh, happened that it's this tragedy that I, it even causes me to kind of almost lose my breath thinking about it a minute. But my dad knelt to light a fire in the hot water heater. And in those days, back in 1967, in those days, butane had no scent added to it. We had no idea what was about to happen. When my dad struck that match, 
the room went up in an explosion and there were flames beckoning for me, my little brother. I was 14, he was 10, and my dad who were all in the vicinity. After that, that was the last normal thing I would do for a very long time. We found ourselves in the hospital. My life was in question the first night and I was bandaged from mid-thigh down to my feet because all of my skin was burned off. Not only does butane as a gas remain low, but the nylon stockings attracted it in full force. So third degree burns mean all three layers of your skin are gone. And so I had a large amount of my body covered in third degree burns, other areas in second degree. And my dad and brother were burned. My mother was in a state of trauma. So it was a very uh, life-changing opportunity for all of us. Opportunities don't always look like opportunities at the moment. They look like fighting for your life. The first night in the emergency room, I felt my body literally floating up off the gurney multiple times. And... All I knew was I had to fight to stay on that gurney, that, that, that my life hung in the balance. We found out later prayer chains were going 24-7 around the community in Wharton, Texas, where this happened. Fast forward, I was transferred to a burn institute in Galveston because my wounds were so traumatic and so large and covering large areas of my body. And in the burn hospital, you're surrounded with children who are experiencing great pain. And so it was a a time of chaos, a time of a lot of questions for God. And I kept asking the Lord, where were you when this happened? Did I do something wrong? uh, Is this a punishment? You know, we always go through all the hard questions. God took me straight uh, to the remembrance of the passage of the potter and the clay and how ridiculous it is when the potter is shaping a vessel and it's in the heat of the the fire in the kiln and the vessel would raise up and say, what do you think you're doing? (laughs) And I didn't have my Bible with me. I had nobody with me. My family were all in different hospitals. And yet the Holy Spirit was with me in my room and led me to release that question. I didn't have to know the exact answer. I knew God had spared my life or wouldn't even be on the planet. The next large obstacle was the fact that I was scheduled for skin grafts over my legs. When you have third degree burns, that skin is gone. And the only way you get new skin is from a donor or from another part of your body in a transplant or a graft. And so this is what I was scheduled for. After God met me in the course of my questioning, I told him, I said, God, as I recall, you are the one who made the lame to walk and the blind to see. And I ask you to heal my legs without skin grass. And I said, and if you choose to do that, I will tell everybody. Well, one day I was in uh, the hospital room where all the doctors come there from all around the world, actually, to study and practice. And they looked at my wounds. where They had been telling me when my skin grafts were scheduled this day. As they looked at the wounds, one doctor said, I think we should watch this a little longer because it just seems like little patches of skin are beginning to pull together. I didn't hear thunder. I didn't see an angel. But every day, a little more skin came back on my legs. And I never had a skin graft. And the um, interesting response that God just put within me when the doctor said that, I said, well, and everybody, let me just set the stage. Everyone in a hospital 
of a, especially a burn hospital looks atrocious. Skin hanging off of you. I mean, you're just scarred, you're wounded. It's just like, if not for the faint of heart to even describe it. I used to not talk about it at all because I didn't want people to have to think about it. But the Lord said, if you don't tell them the full pain, they can't appreciate my full glory of how I delivered you. So there I am, really an atrocious sight at 14. I sat up in the bed and I told the doctors, I said, well, the great physician is on my case. <laughs> and I don't know if God had to put that in my mouth, but I have a story to tell and I've been telling it ever since. That's wonderful. <clears throat> Linda, it yeah. often takes something uh, tragic or to launch uh, a calling on our lives. So how did this devastating experience um, that you went through affect your calling? These devastating experiences can become either our ceiling for what else is going to happen in our life and how we approach it or our floor. I'm a floor girl. I'm like, whatever God's given me, I'm going to get all the learning out of it. I'm going to let this be used for the good. And I've been able to tell this story for decades now in all kinds of settings. Uh, when people have a catastrophic disappointment, betrayal, explosion of your own kind, everyone has a fire, just don't, they don't always involve flames like mine did. But you get to mine out the gold from that experience and really become forged through the fire with lessons you wouldn't get any other way. And so the reason it has turned out for my good and the good of the many I serve is because I let the Lord teach me in the fire. I know, Linda, you talk about... Um this being your calling, um, what were some of the lessons? I know you did talk about lessons in there. Uh, what were some of the lessons that you learned from this experience? I learned that God will meet you anywhere when you are all by yourself. There I was at 14. My parents couldn't be with me. None of my classmates or friends could be with me. I had one Sunday school teacher, Evelyn Cochran, and I actually went to see her two weeks ago. She's 95. She heard on the radio, oh, there's been a fire in Wharton, Texas, and the Lowe family, that was my maiden name, is in trouble. She came to that hospital room, and she dropped little ice chips on my lips Aww. all night long. And she was just my angel in disguise Aww. and showed up for me. Uh, and even uh, when no person was there physically, the Holy Spirit was teaching me. So I think when we realize we're never alone, uh, all of us have some kind of fire to yes. go through. Mm -hmm. And for many people, it's a divorce, a betrayal, a bankruptcy, a mistake, a fill in the blank. You know, we all have them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think when we just posture ourselves with a teachable spirit and say, oh, God, where were you? Where are you right now? He will show you. And maybe he didn't show up exactly like you thought or hoped, but I promise you he was there. Yeah, God is always in the fire. You know, he appeared to Moses in a fire, right? And then in Hebrews 12, 29, he is called a consuming fire. So we have to believe, right? If our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we house the Lord, yes. then we've got to believe that we are a consuming fire as well, that God can consume us with his Holy Spirit fire. And so um, you came up with seven steps to advance yes. in a stuck world. So I want to start with number one, and that is to acknowledge the good stuff. I'm hearing you say, you know, there is some good that came out of this fire, and we can either look at it as a floor or a ceiling, right? And so what is that first step? What do you mean by that? Acknowledge the good stuff means 
in your fire, sitting in the ashes, whatever situation you're in, look around you and say, oh God, what are you teaching me right now? Show me the things I haven't been able to enjoy because I've been so consumed with my own pain and begin to take notes. I'm a big note taker and I think the Lord has all these lessons that many of us have overlooked because we didn't know to look for the lessons of gold in the fire. So when we remain teachable, ask the question and are poised with a pen to take down a note, I promise you, God will begin to speak and show you things you couldn't have learned any other way. Yeah, but we have to ask him though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to ask him. Everyone has a calling, but sometimes out of fear or uncertainty or maybe not a relationship, not having a relationship with Jesus. They don't step into their calling. Um, sometimes we have to speak these visions and uh, we have for our lives out loud to other people. Right. Uh, you say the second way to get unstuck is to declare your vision again. That's right. Can you explain that? You know, you need to hear your vision out loud from your own voice because the power of life and death, as we all know, is in the tongue. So you can either sabotage yourself with poor me, nothing's working, here I am, oh God, woe is me, <laughs> and complain yourself down into the pit further. I've done that. <laughs> or you can prophesy and proclaim your way and declare your vision out loud over and over again. I have my vision posted in several places and mine comes from Daniel 11, 32 and 33 and it's about the people who know their God and have strength and take action. God's wired us for action. The world around us is desperate for people just like all of us and those listening to step up and say, yeah, I was in a fire and God met me and this is what I learned and I want to proclaim it to you. So you proclaim your vision uh, sometimes just by reading it out loud from the little sticky on your computer or in your office and other times by literally sitting down over coffee and sharing your story with someone and letting them know what you've come from and what you're on the way to with God's call. The and, power and, of words. Yeah, don't a lot of people see us the way God sees us many times? Or th can't they speak into us as well? Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. 